Hello, and welcome to Lodging On Demand. In this episode, Lodging Editor-in-Chief Dennis Nessler spends 10 minutes with Alex Kirkwood, CEO of the Kirkwood Collection, to discuss a handful of industry issues such as driving rate, managing the labor crisis, and the current economic headwinds. Kirkwood also chronicles the continued expansion of his company's luxury boutique brand throughout California and reveals some aggressive growth plans for the future. Hi, this is Dennis Nestler, Editor-in-Chief of Lodging Magazine. I'm here today with Alex Kirkwood, CEO of the Kirkwood Collection, a luxury boutique brand. Uh, Alex, welcome today. Thank you, Dennis. I'm really happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Alex, let's start off talking a little bit about uh, the industry and some of the issues and, and uh, you know, kind of what you're seeing uh, as we enter the second half of 23. Um, what, uh, first of all, rate is, has been one area where, where the industry's uh, done fairly well considering the downturn. What's your, what, what's been your perspective in terms of rate and, and uh, you know, h- how do you look at it? I think that um, the industry has been one of the few that actually benefits from inflation in that way to where if, you know, while our operating expenses and all costs are rising, rates also rise as, as part of that. And, um, Specifically, I think boutiques and luxury boutiques have been able to outperform even uh, that level of index uh, because they are separate. They're separate from, you know, that commoditized flag comp set that where everyone's fighting over a $10 ADR where we might, you know, be able to charge charge 50. Um, and that's just being from, a, you know, a separate type of non-commoditized product. Mm-hmm. Um how about labor, the labor piece? Uh, how, how challenging has that been for you? And, um, you know, w- what do you see as maybe some of the solutions going forward? Yeah, we weren't immune to that challenge. I will say, though, when COVID hit and we did very, very few layoffs, we basically kept almost our entire team intact, um, portfolio-wide and, and in the office. That, that allowed us to emerge a little more prepared to expand and, um, you know, maybe some of our, of our fellow hoteliers who had shut down, they have to start from zero where we just, we, we basically dipped for three months and we were back up by July, August to hitting our 2019 levels, which is a testament to the boutique, you know, lower key count, um, asset class. And so more recently, so we started from like a better foothold coming out of COVID and then. Uh, we've implemented a full benefits program, and so we're we're, we're competing with much larger uh, operators and, mm-hmm. and brands, and bringing that to a space that typically you know you you don't have health insurance or a four hundred one k for a small boutique hotel, and we're able to offer that now with you know some of our 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 scale. Um, we're up to ten properties now. Right. That's been that's been that's how we've competed, but it's been it has been challenging. It's it's not to say we were immune. Yeah, no question. And uh, but that's but that's been a difference maker for you, huh? Just having having those benefits and packages. Yeah, people yeah. like to work for like Seven Gables Inn on Monterey Bay. It's it's just a stunning hotel, and your office is on the ocean. So like people want to work there. But then when yeah. we can also pair that with more, like if you have a Marriott up the street, uh, you know we can now compete in terms of of comp and 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 benefits. It's a it's a nice package because you you know I, I'd rather work at the ocean. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, when you, within the, the boutique or lifestyle space, you know, a lot of, a lot of new entries there. Everyone seems to be getting into lifestyle. Um, how, how have you seen the, the segment evolve over the years? Kind of what's your take on how, where things are going, uh, heading, you know, into the future? Well, 10 years ago, it was hard to 
get a boutique finance. Uh, lenders were, mm. were always, it didn't matter if it was 15 keys or 150, they would ask, well, who, what's your flag? And we were like, no, no, we don't, we're not going to play that game. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was a challenge that has changed completely to where it's almost flipped the, the, the emergence of the boutique competitive competitor set throughout of COVID it recovered so much faster than the general market that I, I think lenders finally see it as, as a benefit to being independent or, 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 you know, boutique branded versus a major flag that has a, a pipe of a guest list, you know? Right. Right. Growing the Kirkwood collection, which I think is now up to 10 properties, correct? Uh, all, in, all in California. Um, talk a little bit about the, the, the Palm Springs, the three properties you just added and how that came about. Yeah. So the, um, seller is a wonderful guy and most of our sellers are very interested in who is acquiring their properties and they mm -hmm. it means a lot to them to have a like-minded owner who's going to take care of their people and um appreciate the history or the like a lot of our hotels are historic mm -hmm. or historically significant and so we kind of carved out that niche a little bit and um, so it meant a lot to them to have a like-minded person who appreciates the mid-century architecture of the Del Marcos Hotel, you know, the um, 1930s architecture of Las Cerna Villas and then same mid-century, but a little more Hollywood glam on the 350 Hotel. And so I just came in and we, our, my design team, we just fell in love with it. And um, Harry Fluger from Maxim Hotel Brokerage, he called us. He knew we were um, a player in that space and we had been acquiring and so I think that made us an ideal buyer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you said you, you've you had a little bit of a change in the capital structure of the company, yes? Yeah, so now we're working with um, Samara Capital out of Santa Barbara, and they've been a phenomenal team to work with. Um, they've expressed a great degree of uh, belief in what we're trying to do, which is, which is acquire multiple boutique hotels, typically with historical significance in a given market. You complex manage them across the, the, the three or, or however many you have. And so it, it, it cuts down on the administrative in general, which is typically, um, it's an undistributed cost. So it's, it's, it's harder with lower key counts to be competitive with larger operators. But if you can buy two or three and manage them as one, you know, largely as one large hotel, you still separate all the, everything separate, but you get the efficiencies of, of a larger key count property, even though you're splitting it up into, to three. Um, Alex, what are some of the challenges with historical properties? What are some of the things, uh, you know, I, I would imagine there's some the red tape and things you got to go through uh, before you can make changes or renovations or what have you. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, it's you could, you could, you could argue this from both sides. So historical landmarks commission is typically in every municipality that, that we, that anywhere um and they it, they it is their job to protect the historical significance of these assets and maintain um maintain that significance while we're supposed to come in and you know bring these properties up to speed or in the in the case of uh like an old mansion we need to do things uh, meet ada compliance would be an example where you you know we have to meet ADA compliance. We have to provide full accessibility. How do you do that in a historic setting can be, can be challenging and they'll work through it. It's just, it's, it's that how, we have to bring this up to speed. They have to be, you know, we have to provide luxury modern amenities to some extent, but in a historical setting. And so it's a bit of a tug and pull, but 
ultimately we, we, we try to bring on historical consultants that help us through that process and go in saying, hey, look, we're not trying to recreate this. We're not trying to bring a mm -hmm. brand standard at all. Not like that. We want it to feel as it should, um, but while also be competitive in the market. And we've, 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 we've carved out a niche for doing that. I think our reputation now can speak for itself when we go to committee. Um, and it's, 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 it's become easier as we've proved out, Hey, look, here's what we've done up in Pacific Grove. Here's what we've done in you know, Monterey Bay, Palm Springs, um, Santa Barbara, you start to build that reputation. There's kind of a level of, of trust that this isn't purely economically motivated. Um, Alex, any thoughts about, uh, expanding beyond California, you know, a little bit more geographically uh, going forward? Yeah, certainly. We are looking at a number of um, vacation markets, mostly I would say on the East Coast. We'll hold off on any details and, until we have something to formally announce. But um, our, our entire pitch in California has been the top leisure and travel destinations within a two-hour drive of a major metropolitan city. And we certainly intend to um, keep that focus. Mm -hmm um long-term uh vision or goals for the company what what uh, how do you see how big do you see it getting so we intend to expand and our goals are pretty lofty i'd like to be at a couple hundred hotels in the next 15 years oh wow okay that, that's that's definitely uh ambitious for sure but uh um lastly just before we we um wrap this up i just want to get your thoughts on the on the industry in general kind of are you bullish as we look at the back half of 23 a lot of economic headwinds um, kind of facing the industry, inflation you mentioned, but uh, fundamentals seem to be pretty solid as well. So what, do you, what are your feelings on the industry in general? Um, we're, we're really excited and we, we, we took our COVID uh, recovery performance, which was pretty fast versus the market. And we're trying to say like, we have a new type of investment in a way that mitigate the way we operate and invest in the market, the markets that we source and the properties that we find, they don't perform like the rest of the market. So we have this separate in financial instrument, if you will, um, that we think is a really powerful uh, prospect. And as it expands, it becomes uh, more stable in that sense. And so we're really excited about that. Great. Well, Alex, thanks so much for your time today. We appreciate it and uh, have a great summer. All right. Thank you so much, Dennis. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Lodging On Demand. If you want more content like this, subscribe to Lodging Magazine on YouTube. You can also subscribe to Lodging On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. For news and updates, follow at Lodging Magazine on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Or visit us at LodgingMagazine.com.